Yes. Oh, now you're now now you're ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jennifer Zhang. Yes, Jaquelin Lopezy. <laughs> We're off to a great start. <laughs> Give me three words to describe drone. Well, <clears throat> I would say those three words would be uh, uh heart wrenching. Jeez, let me think. Heart wrenching, reckless for sure, um, and borgtastic, borg borgalicious, borgabunga. This is Seven of Wine. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone. My name is Jacqueline Lopez. The cowabunga queen over there is Jennifer Zhang. <laughs> and this is Seven of Wine, where we review an episode of Star Trek Voyager and a bottle of wine at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some would, some would get it. <laughs> some would say that's impossible. But, <laughs> but I think we've proven them wrong. I think we've proven them wrong countless <laughs> times. And if we haven't, at least we've proven ourselves right in our own minds. So we're <laughs> okay that way. Drunken, alcohol-addled minds. Oh, man. Oh, man. So this is actually exciting because this is our first Seven of Nine episode. Yeah. We're actually delivering on the promise of our premise. (laughs) I know. We've been... It's so funny because in looking back at all our other episodes, we're so heavy on our main base. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the Janeway and Tom Paris show. (laughs) It's literally the Tom and Janeway show. Waka Waka. Starring... Tom Paris. And Captain Janeway. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. We're both doing weird hands. (laughs) So Drone was Jen's pick. Mm -hmm. And uh, why don't you give us a quick synopsis of Drone, Jennifer? I would be delighted to. (laughs) Jacqueline. So so during a botched away mission and like a tele, like a teleporter, a transporter malfunction, right? Um, The uh, Borg technology from Seven of Nine melds with the doctor's mobile emitter resulting in uh, the emitter becoming an incubator for a Borg drone when it's placed in Voyager Science Lab, like late in the wee hours of the night or the morning when, like, no one's watching it. Um, and uh, and as a result, uh, Janeway ends up making this very fateful decision not to literally abort the fetus that's being formed as a result of this um, anomaly. And uh, as the fetus grows into what is going to be a full-grown drone uh, Borg man, she assigns Seven of Nine the task of teaching it how to be an individual. What? I know. I mean, Seven of Nine is barely an individual yet. She still struggles daily with, like, her urge to be part of that collective that she left again. So it's like, Janeway, Janeway's putting a little... She's going out on a limb here. She's, She's so, kind of. It's so great. She's like, hey, this will be fine. You're okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's all good. I'm going to, I'm more qualified to do this, but I'm going to let you take this one. You take this one. Here you go. Be a team player. Have fun. Yeah, have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> do we do the. Are we done? Is that what's going that's, on? That's the, that's our little preview and we're going to get so deep in it Uh, we're gonna get deep in it this is actually one of jen didn't realize how much she loved this episode and we're gonna discover more about that but first let's get into the wine yeah let's grease the wheel so yenifa which wine did you pick well um skipping forward in the episode the the drone ends up calling himself one original that is his name (laughs) one sounds like a prince cover singular sensation yeah he sings that every time <laughs> if you believe us you haven't watched the episode yeah you pass you failed the test you failed the test failed it. do not collect 200 do not pass go <laughs> <laughs> jackie but, jackie's face was so serious when she said that it was like you really you guys you're not gonna be able to pass go you're not passing go because yeah. i i need that money exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, the one that i have selected is called the one Hey! Hey! By Noble Vines Collection. It's, it, 
Yeah, that's what that's pretty saying. much it. It's um, it is <laughs> the one. It's it's black, you guys. <laughs> it literally <laughs> it doesn't say red blend. It says black on it, and it is a from North Coast California. It is a 2014 wine. And uh, let's read this bottle. It is customary for great wineries to showcase their most esteemed vineyards with a single wine made from a blend of varieties. The One Black is a benchmark cuvee of Noble Vine's finest lots, which together offer deep, dark cherry and berry flavors with classic tannin structure, notes of spice and toasted oak. It is an expansive, age-worthy wine that pairs well with foods fit for a Viking feast. Oh, that's a high bar that they've set. Such as grilled meats, roasts, and rich cheeses. Oh my God. A Viking Viking feast? feast? Are you for real? I'm not joking That's rather specific. That's pretty ballsy. Can you, Jackie, can you remember the last time you had a Viking feast? I don't uh, remember that, but I do remember meats. Meats. Roasts. And cheeses. Cheeses and roasts. Roasts and cheeses. I love how they're like, this is what a Viking feast was about. Yeah, just By the way, cheese. in case you didn't notice, it's about meats, roasts, and cheeses. And cheese. Which, by the way, what's the difference between a roast and a meat? Exactly. I just don't know. And cheese. Because it was, it was just, I didn't think it was a Viking feast. And then I saw the cheese there and I was like, oh my oh, gosh. Well, a, I'm now, at a Viking feast. I'm at a Viking feast. Yeah. It's not all the tall blonde Thor looking guys around me. No. It's it's now it's now it's a Viking feast. Now it's a Viking. I'm feast. totally gonna go into a wine bar when I see meats and cheeses. I'm gonna be like, oh, Viking, what? Viking feast. Behold, What's this? What's this unto me? Well, unto me? Unto me a Viking feast? <laughs> Surely you jest. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, let's drink this. All right, despite the fact that we don't have a Viking feast, we don't laid out in front of us. But you know what? We can imagine it. And imagine pairing this with it. Mm-hmm. So it's really dark. Like so it dark. was actually really funny when when Jen was pouring it out. She said, "This is really dark. It's like pouring out ink. It's it looks weird. like ink, you guys. All but right. it is it is a uh, grapey. Ah, so it is cherry licious. I do smell the cherry. Huh? I've just taken my first swig. I was gonna say my first sip, but then I remembered but that then I was you're at in a Viking, Viking feast. feast. So I took my first swill. I totally was going to say ahoy. Oh. <laughs> it makes no sense. Ahoy, matey. We be Vikings. <laughs> um, Huh. I it's I like it a lot. It's actually very, it's actually very tart. Didn't expect wow, that. Wow, this is really berry full. Yeah, it's very it's actually very tart and um more su- it's sweeter than I expect out of a red wine. But the finish is really light. Like it falls off really fast. I do believe you're correct, sir. <laughs> it's like I'm jumping off the diving board. Cannonball. Cannonball. <laughs> All this right. Is, this is really good. Yeah, this is going to be pleasant as we uh, as we forge ahead into, um, as we navigate the choppy waters of this episode. I'm just going to extend the Viking metaphor now because this bottle of wine has made it so. Well, you know what? Challenge accepted. I'm excited to see where you take <laughs> our Viking vessel. Indeed. Of an episode. Mm-hmm. So speaking of blondes. Yes. Seven of nine. Who? This was oh, a huge showcase for her. Huge showcase for her. But what I really loved is there is what's so great about Jerry Ryan's performance in this. It is it's so subtle. You know, just her performance is seven of nine yeah. is completely it's very underrated. Mm-hmm. But then when you see her choices, mm-hmm. it's very powerful. And I yeah. think the subtlety of her choices as an actress and as a Borg mm-hmm. in this situation, especially it, it really shows you, it, it really shows off her acting talent, which yeah. was really great. What's what's um, what's really notable about this particular episode is the fact that um, <clears throat> Seven of Nine is still trying to wrestle with like simple, simple emotions, right? Trying to be, trying to, trying to uh, feel how everyone else feels things on like a level that's just basic. Well, case in point, at the beginning, she's trying to smile. She's trying to smile. That's how far, that's how far her progress has been. It's like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, she can't even, she smile. can't even smile. Um, and, and here now she's, she's going to deal with, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, she's going to deal with grief. She's going to deal with pride. She's going to deal with like confusion and conflict and all these. And maternity. Maternity, this whole mix of emotions. And so uh, to your point, the fact that like she, she has to, 
be she has to be very careful how she plays this because seven of nine would not react in a huge blown out way, mm-hmm. right? But she needs to react to these really, really difficult situations. So her acting choices were pretty that she towed that line like a pro. Yeah. Really good. And it's kind of funny you mentioned that actually because mm-hmm. you kind of it's actually really interesting you mention it because they do I think the other person in my opinion outside of the drone that they um that they grow mm-hmm. that Voyager grows grow it's like a chia pet. Like a chia pet. Oh my god. Or like a sea monkey. Yeah, those but those were ridiculous. Actually, yeah, like a sea monkey like a sea more monkey. so than a chia pet. Yep. Those suckers were they 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 grew way too. It's so just fast. like all of a sudden you're like this lab has gone out of flushing down the toilet. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Girl. Because I was like, they, they need to stop having sex. <laughs> yeah, they just got, they yeah, they propagated at it. Uh, just a, you know what? They they multiply. They they had to have been assimilating other microbes for them to be propagating that fast. That was ridiculous. Yeah. And then I remember at first I I thought I had failed the examination, so to speak. I was reading the directions. They're like by day whatever it should happen. And I said nothing's happening. Then I leave. I come back all dejected. I come back. It's sea monkey it's kingdom. Freaking, it's nasty. Because <laughs> they were like, nasty. oh, they're procreating if they're if they're joined and they shake around. And I said, oh no. So All much. of them are joined and shaking around. There's hundreds, hundreds. So much sex. So much. Like Vikings. <laughs> I, totally interrupt, I totally interrupted you. No, but I think that what's so great about it is they, the what the 180 of that is Bellana. I think they actually have, you know, they kind of reference her and her going over the top. And, you know. Yeah, and her, she gets to be the one who who's like, fuck this shit. Yeah. And yeah. she says it. Like, what I love about her is there is no filter, but she owns what she says. Yeah. I. What are we doing? Just picking up hitchhiking Borg? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> well, let's. What's What's really so? So what? What we're dealing with here is, uh, the stakes are immeasurably high. Um, they're and like and thank God for the show being able to do this. Like the writing on this was exceptional because Janeway like basically lays out all of the risks and then she cowgirls it. You know what I mean? She totally, she totally does. Cowgirl. She she basically says she she tells Seven of Nine. Okay, so what we have here is a a Borg drone that is unlike any of the other Borg because the mobile emitter that spawned this is from the 29th century. They acquired acquired it during a temporal rift, right? So this is technology that doesn't exist yet. It's from the future. The future. And so this Borg that has now been incubated in the bowels of Voyager's science lab is more advanced than any other Borg in existence right now. Yep. So the thing is, if if they don't abort it, which Janeway is like, yeah, we're not murdering this thing, already really controversial, right? Yeah. Yep. And so now she's decided that they're going to let it fully incubate into a, a full-grown Borg. If they fail at getting this Borg to be one of them and realizing it's an individual, if the Borg managed to assimilate this, they suddenly have technology from the 29th century. Yep. So risky. So Janeway lays it all out for 709. <laughs> then- she says, and then she says, well, so, but so we're going to. You gonna, got this. You got this. You got this, right, Seven? Don't worry. You got this, girl. Can, can we take a break, though? And can we understand and appreciate that this is basically the most action the doc is going to get with Seven of Nine. <laughs> they made a baby. They did. Because her nanoprobes. Fused with his mobile emitter. <laughs> and I didn't even think about that. And then the poor ensign. The poor ensign gets assaulted. <laughs> There's an ensign that goes to check on this thing like in the middle of the night. And that's where the. the they get the tissue sample from. Yeah. To create a human. This is like a three, an ungodly threesome that's it created is the this weir- Borg. It's the devil's threesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, the Borg devil's threesome. <laughs> so it pops out first first time ever. Mm-hmm. And then you're absolutely right. All of a sudden this. And it that, that's what's really interesting. How you differentiate. And again, kudos to, to Jerry Ryan, right? And kudos to the writing team behind Seven of Nine. When Borg is part of your birthright. Yeah. How do you deny that part of you? That part of you. Yeah. And or if you're trying to bring up this youngling. Yeah. How do you you know that it's a bad part? Yeah. How do, but you can't deny it. Yeah. You have to find a way to utilize the parts of it that are Borg to get it to be a human. It's so weird. It's such a conundrum. Well, it's funny because yeah. I think when when he is getting when he's getting baked in the oven of Voyager, mm-hmm. um, the doctor does make an does say that he is more human than 
mm-hmm. Borg. Mm-hmm. But out of the gates, which was really, it, it kind of sets it up, is it, in a way very Vulcan, right? This this drone is very logical. Very logical. Very logical and approaches everything. He's a computer. And so he says, why am I here? And yeah. he literally says from the beginning, so I was a mistake. Yeah, he and figures it out. He figures it out and it doesn't have any emotional toll at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Because he's devoid of emotion. Yeah. He's literally just, yeah, he's a human computer just yeah. trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over the course of the episode, that gets repeated. Mm-hmm. And the more it gets repeated, the heavier it becomes. Yeah, as he as he gains emotion and as, like, things start acquiring weight. Um, and what's really fascinating about his learning process, this is really about Seven of Nine learning about her humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and what's really great about his birth as we we're man we're gonna really dissect his birth i can feel it that sounds gross why yep. did i say it that way i don't know i didn't say it at I, all i just uh, i need more wine yeah you do i am this this wine is insufficient i must i must assimilate more of it but yeah you're absolutely right she all of a sudden is throat is thrusted well i'm done uh <laughs> all of a sudden seven to nine is thrusted into this maternal role yeah and what's interesting is she kind of has to come into certain truths that not necessarily she's harbored or she's kept aside, but truths that she's starting, like you said, she's just starting to become an individual. She's just starting to evolve into this person who's a person. And you start seeing that she's holding these truths to the light and saying, look, Voyager is my collective. It's better to be an individual Borg is bad. Being yeah. a part of the collective is not good. It's, it's not the best. Yeah, it's not. It's not a uh, peaches and cream, y'all. And so here's the he, to me here's the most the the interesting thing about the way the story kind of this particular episode like maps out her arc because she is leaps and bounds more human by the end of this than at the beginning of the episode. Oh ja. So Janeway essentially says to her, if we're going to distill it down, she says, um, "Man, this this drone is going to be birthed, and you're going to be its mother." Right. So seven of nine, like what's her reaction when this thing is birthed? Like when it pops out of its little incubation chamber, she's standing there. And the first thing that she does. Thank you, my love. You're welcome. The first thing she does is the way she reacts to it is she reacts to it the way a Borg reacts to another Borg uh, when it's giving it its first directive. Mm-hmm. She there's no like there's no maternity in the void of emotion completely strictly operation manual she she basically um just res, uh, reverts to what she already knows about being borg it pops out she's like you know you you know he's like what is my directive you are an individual like she goes <laughs> she just like delivers it like like as if she were borg um and and you see like how uncomfortable she is she's so uncomfortable being nurturing mm-hmm. she has no roadmap for how to do this mm-hmm. which you know like you could say of any mother mm-hmm. right She's such a tiger mom. She's she's so withholding with her emotions. She's such a tiger mom. Learn more. Learn more. Do things right. Stop doing this this way. This this is irrelevant. This is inefficient. This is insufficient. You don't need a name. (laughs) Exactly. Tough tough crowd. Tough Tough, crowd. Tough crowd. But Mm -hmm. he ends up wanting the name. And especially, and of course... Who, who says he should have a name? None other than Neelix. Of course, he's he's the heart. Yeah. He's the heart. He's the hearth. He's actually the hearth of, if he were to be like personified as a part of a house, right? Because mm-hmm. he provides the meals. He mm. provides the warmth, you know? Yeah. He's the heart in the hearth. He's he's the hearth heart. Hearth heart. Hearth hearth heart. heart. That sounds like Klingon. <laughs> it does. It doesn't does. It? But mm-hmm. it's so true, you know? So all of a sudden he says, yeah, you should have a name. Yeah. You know? And, um... And he decides to name himself One. One. And it makes total sense because he is... A Tigger. <laughs> a what? The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers are wonderful thing. Aww. He is. He's <laughs> he a is. wonderful thing. He's the only one. He's He is literally a brand new life form. Mm-hmm. He is uh, out, of, out of time. He's a 29th century Borg. He's the first one ever that's incubated as like basically in a womb instead of being assimilated and just like reconstituted from bits of other you know, uh, like scavenged Borg parts mm-hmm. and like a, a, a hu- uh, um, alien base. Mm-hmm. So he is, you know, and he picks up on that right away. I am one. I am I am unique. What are your thoughts on the fact, do you think it was just story for him to ex- 
because he grows Fast. so quickly. I mean, the span of this is days, isn't well, it? They they do this they do this really good convenient thing that happily like that you know uh, is a happy uh, circumstance that that the Borg happen to have, which is that you can assimilate, assimilate knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're able to sit, to have Seven of Nine show him how to assimilate her entire knowledge store, he ends up, you know, that really explains how he can be so mature so quickly. But aside know? from that, the way that he grew, he grew super fast. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. He grew He grew within a day. Yep. yep. You know, they just said, oh, you know, I went to sleep, I woke up, he's 30, you know, or something like that. But it's like the 29th century technology. Who that's knows? what I'm thinking. Well, you know? that's what I'm thinking is it's that combination. The only the only logic that I can come up with in my <laughs> inebriated state right now is that, yeah, the Borg technology was adapting Yeah. The the human oh geez that's terrifying isn't that crazy? yeah because because I think I I'm picking up what you're putting down here mm-hmm. which is that in the 29th century and I don't even know man we could start a whole theory here I don't even know but the, the implications of this is that in the 29th century the Borg are able to oh my god genetically modify genetically modify and incubate at a rapid pace more drones. Holy crap. So they don't even need to, in a way. It's the matrix. They're constantly trying to find ways to, to be more efficient in the process. Mm-hmm. And assimilating a species would definitely be an inefficient way to do it because you have to wage a war. You have to put yourself at risk. Oh, my God. In the 29th century, the Borg are able to just incubate at a rapid pace more drones. <gasps> well, we're screwed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if that ever, if, if someone is listening and knows more about Star Trek than us, can you tell us whether or not that's like ever um, explored in the rest of Star Trek canon that like in the far future, the Borg don't assimilate anymore. They just kind of like grow them like, like sea monkeys. Yep. Like sea monkeys. They propagate at an alarming rate. I just popped that piece so hard that it's my okay. pop shield shook. <laughs> whacked you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, so you have this, this drone learning all these different things and he has to learn it. And again, the difference is, at first, Seven tries to teach him the old-fashioned way, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. He nope. tries to assimilate her knowledge. She says, "You're hurting me." Yeah. And this is the and what that's what's interesting in that first interaction. You know, he's trying. He he basically tries to uh, download her neural cortex. Yeah, forcibly. Forcibly, and that's and the minute she says, "You're hurting me," the first time she describes an emotion. Yeah. That's when all of a sudden his humanity kicks in. Oh my god! From the very beginning, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it. Yeah, it's a. F- yeah. That's when the switch flips, and all of he a sudden he doesn't even know that he's human. Like, no, he, that it's latent in him. No, and that's why you know. And then, but of course, it's that sense of where am I from? Why you know? Okay, I get I get the human side. I get the humanity aspect of what yeah. you guys are trying to do. I mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, why am I Borg? What's Borg? What that? What what's is that Borg? about? Why? 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 Like you're Why? you're an individual. <laughs> Why? Why? Because you are not part of a collective. Why? Because you know what? Just go to your room. No. <laughs> so yeah. So he he basically neos. Yeah. You know he gets like seven of nine. Like there's a more efficient way to do this. They get all the little what are they called? The little data. They're they're Borg, Borg data banks or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, and she's able to like rapid download all of his knowledge in him, and he has this neo moment where he's like, "I know kung fu." He know, yeah, he knows everything. He's, he's like, "You're this person, and you're this person. You're a Talaxian. We are, we are explorers. This is the Delta Quadrant. We are on a ship called the Voyager." And Ooh. he's so. My favorite thing is when he meets Janeway for the first time. He's the most polite thing Such on the a polite planet. little child. It's adorable. And Janeway's just like, he is so adorable. He's so cute. Keep your eye on him. Yeah, <laughs> it is great. And and the great thing about that moment, um, when Seven of Nine has now um, taught him taught him a lot, had him assimilate a lot of knowledge, so he's up to speed. He's now. Uh, been of assistance in engineering and helped improve the ship with 29th century board technology. It's fantastic. He's, it's great. And when she finally is able to present her science project to Janeway, right? And Janeway is like, that was pretty pre- good job. Oh, yeah. She's completely commends her. Yeah. Just, it's so, it's so heartfelt. And you see this kind of, again, subtle nuances, but this pride. pride. You see pride. That's exactly what you see in Seven of Nine. Um, and it's, it's you're, you're not sure in that moment as she is certainly not sure whether the pride is in being commended by the captain or pride in her son. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's proud of him. She looks at him and she's like, you're doing good. Yeah. I taught you that. I chip off the old block. Hey, man. Yeah. Keep going. Just keep doing you. Keep doing you. Keep doing you, baby boo. You 
great. You're doing all right. All right. So you know what? This has to happen in the span of, of at least a day or two days because what happens is, is then he regenerates and then all of a sudden his <sighs> Borg node that yeah. was initially deactivated by Seven. Yeah, she dampened it. She dampened. She, she, she thought par- she did. Yeah, she thought she went, nope, denied. It finds a way. Yep. Because it's 29th century, century technology. It's a fail safe. So this this uh, thing that's in him. Oh, we even we skipped entirely over the fact that like his brain is basically the doctor's mobile emitter. It's, oh yeah, so it's spawned out of that. So the, the doctor is now completely confined to the sick bay. He's not so good. He's not so. He's not dealing with that very well. He's being a trooper, but he's not happy. He's being a trooper, but but yeah, it is essentially his freedom. Mm-hmm. That's what he sacrifices to make this child. Yeah. Oh, and oh my gosh. Before we get into what happens and where we're about to go, we have to discuss the way Voyager, the whole crew, um, treats treats one. They they very, like, immediately from the get-go. Um, fearful. Everyone, they're fearful of him, but at the same time, they're all, like, they, they're all very noble about the fact that, you know what? He's part of our collective now. He is mm-hmm. a part of our family, and we set out to explore new life, and there's no newer life than this. They made him. He's a brand new life, He's brand new kind of life, mm-hmm. right? Neelix is kind to him, you know, like the crew. You can Everybody see. gives him a chance. They give him a chance. And I think it wouldn't have happened had it not been for Seven, yeah. and I don't think, and we know that Seven wouldn't have happened had it not been for Janeway. Yeah. It is the ultimate diplomacy. Yeah, there's, there's somebody who's like, come on, guys, let's be cool, be cool, have more chill. You Have know? more chill. Yeah. And you're right. Janeway was that for seven. And now seven is that for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's this. No, it's this blind faith. Yes. Yeah. And it's not it was not blind, but it's implicit in it's this that sense. Starfleet training. It's that star. But I think it's that Voyager sense, too, where, again, like we We're said from the together. very beginning, they're in it alone. Yeah. So they All they have is each other. Yeah. So the more people that they can help with their little merry band of people trying to traverse the galaxy or the quadrant Mm -hmm. the more the merrier yeah and this particular guy this particular guy this guy right here he he has a lot to offer oh he does have a lot his 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 technology just that's an inherent part of him can be the key to defending them against the borg threat Mm -hmm. you know um i think they actually mentioned the fact that his ablative um i think they actually mentioned his armor which you know, you find out later in the series is super critical to Voyager being able to fend them, like defend themselves against the Borg. Yeah. So, so where we, where, where you were saying was he, his un, unbeknownst to him, after this very sweet moment he has with Seven of Nine, where they basically say goodnight to each other because they're both regenerating. Yep. She's like, oh, and he doesn't know how to use a regeneration chamber. Just teach him. <laughs> she essentially tucks him in. Yep. She's like, turn around. Like, you're you're backwards in your regeneration alcove. She's so impatient. But again, it's this sense of she has to kind of cultivate this, materni- this yeah. maternal instinct that she's never had before. And he says, thank you. Yeah. And she's like, she you, she cannot help but feel just a little, little twinge. Again, subtle. You can't so, tell, but you kind of tell. So subtle. So subtle. Just this tiny little... Joy, like maternal joy. A little nugget of joy. And uh, don't hold on to that little nugget of joy. Because <laughs> when she wakes up. Blows away. <laughs> like like a leaf on the wind. When she wakes up, the entire Voyager crew is looking at them. And they're like. With guns. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he contacted the Borg while you guys were sleeping. While you were sleeping. Yep. Kind of made a phone call. And now there's a Borg. Is it a sphere or a cube that's happening? Sphere. It's a sphere. There's a Borg sphere speeding their way because, and it wasn't his fault. It was a failsafe that was uh, an inherent part of his system. Sent out a, um, a proximity beacon or whatever, and, and here they come. Yep. The party poopers of the galaxy. <laughs> Those party poopers. The Borg. The da Borg. The Borg. Oh, dang it. Who invited the Borg? God Jesus. damn it. This is going to be a great shindig, and now we have to deal with them. They always bring Zima. Oh my gosh! They, I don't even know how did they how, how did they replicate that? I know, and, and Natty Ice. Who drinks Natty Ice? Oh man! God damn it! Why did they come? PBR. Dang it! Just sit in the corner, Borg. We don't want you Frickin bringing everyone Borg. down. <laughs> don't you bring me down today, Borg? Don't you bring me down today? Not today. Not today. So it's it's you're right. There's an acceleration here and a rapid escalation of of things. They were they were the very worst fears are about to 
like the very worst fears that Janeway has outlined just days before are now coming true. What's so funny is Seven is pumping the brakes on this entire. Yeah. The education of one. Yeah. And Janeway's just pushing forward and she's just like, look, because and this is what's so great is is, again, the 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 almost the humanity and the maternal side in Janeway that has been cultivated over the six years that Mm -hmm. Voyager has been lost in space. Mm She says, look, children will want to find out, right? Yeah. Essentially, she says at the at the end of the day, they're going to find out one way or another. Yeah. It, it's best if it's from you. Yeah. And, you should and tell him about he his... deserves to know. Being an individual mm-hmm. means you are allowed to know. Know about your background and your yeah. history, which, it, you know, to extend the adopted kid mm-hmm. metaphor that they're extending here is like she's essentially saying he, he needs to know where he, ca- he came from yeah and here's here's the really fascinating thing about this this whole thing is you know we we definitely are touching on the maternal part of it a lot but the thing is in this case Janeway is not being maternal so seven of nine is the one who's like I don't want him to grow up too fast essentially is what she's saying she's like I want to take it slow I want to kind of teach him the way that you know I want to shield him from this hard truth. She's being very nurturing about it. It's it's but, really interesting. Yeah, go go on. But Janeway is the one who's like, um, like even though it sounds like she's being maternal, she's not. She's like, he needs to learn about the Borg because you know she's seen him from the beginning. She had seen him as sorry. She Janeway saw him from the beginning. <laughs> oh, that's why your grammar yeah. was poor. I didn't understand you. Janeway saw him from the beginning as a weapon. Once he's part of our team, yeah. we're going to put him to work. We're going to put him to work. Which exactly. makes sense. But I, I don't know. Part of me still thinks, though, that there's an aspect where she's just trying, I, at least at, in that interaction in mm-hmm. her in her ready room, there's something about it where I think she's just trying to, again, like you said, it's speaking as, look, I understand that you want to shield him, but mm-hmm. you can't protect them forever. Yep. That's yeah. what I took away from that moment. I see. I got you. Yeah, but I do is... agree with you. I mean, part of it, uh, uh, she has an end game yeah, when it comes does. to this guy. And she says... Yes, it's it would be detrimental if mm-hmm. he joined back with the collective. We have no choice. But it's him, it's them or us that's mm-hmm. gonna win this game. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and she says, I, I don't wanna have to immediately murder him if we can because she says from the very beginning, if we take him before he uh, plugs into the collective, we can make him an individual, right? Yeah. And that's and that's how it all starts. But yeah, so all of a sudden this Borg sphere is blasting towards it's about three hours out. Yeah. And all of a sudden they have to tell this drone, they yeah. have to tell one about everything that they don't want to. And what's so interesting about it mm-hmm. is what comes through for me the most with Seven is the guilt of yeah. having killed so many people. And there are a lot of episodes prior to this mm-hmm. where like people bring it up to her. Like people want to throw it in her face. Everybody, yeah. including Bolana. Oh my gosh, she's the number one, man. She's like, <laughs> she goes, yeah, she's always poking that wound. Oh, I just popped real hard again. It's all right, it's whatever. All right. But she she's always poking that wound. She's always like, so uh, so all those people that you basically murdered. How do you feel about that? And you know, and Seven of Nine has always just been like, you know, what goes right well with this wine? All the death that you yeah, <laughs> made exactly. happen. She just brings it up. So hey, good morning. Um, do you remember that time you assimilated like a million people and basically like destroyed a whole bunch of civilizations and like killed a bunch of people? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> top of the morning to you. Oh, by the way, are you, can you pass the milk, please? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Bolana, I love Bolana. <laughs> So, so this you're right. This is like one of the first times that you know uh, you start to see more and more of through the lens of like what what one is, which is inherently Borg. She's like she has to contemplate her Borgness. But even that it bothers her. It's it's coming again. It's coming having these truths coming ooh, having these truths come to light for her. Yeah, and really sitting in the reality of the destruction she caused. Of this is to me at least the first time she really sits down and says, "Man, yeah, that Borg, that was mm. bad. That wasn't Borg, a Borg, not so good, not so good. Party poopers, not the best, not the best. That was part of the party pooper. Like the, it was like the worst frat on the entire <laughs> fraternity row. They were at the end of the row, yeah, in the derelict house. Yeah, they 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 just they were the worst ones. That was the worst frat house, man. All of their hazings were uninspired. Yeah. All of their pranks were lame." Everyone just wanted them to. <laughs> they just reuse this. They they're the people that had the Christmas tree there, and they just kept it was a fake one, and they just kept changing the the ornaments <laughs> on it to suit the different party. The freaking Borg. Oh man, Jesus Borg. Borg. She's but she's Louise's. Yeah. 
But you know what's what's funny is um, she is ashamed of her Borg past. She doesn't want him to feel that same shame. But on top of that, she's afraid because she is constantly feeling the the um, the pull of the, the pull. collective, and yeah. she's scared that once he learns about the Borg, he's going to want to be part of it. And aside from that, too, she's also. On, she's constantly fearful. That's the one thing I thought was really interesting. Yeah. This happens at the beginning of the episode when she's first aware that the drone is being yeah. um, incubated. To this part, anytime she gets a sense that the collective is near, she's... she's protective. She, well, not protective. She gets really scared. Yeah. Because she knows she's just one thing away from, hey, you know what? I'm going to join them again. Yeah. She, it's like it's a an drug. addiction. Yeah. Yes. It's an absolute addiction, yeah. the Borg. Because it's perfection. And, and yeah, it's perfection. She's not convinced yet that, I mean, there's a part of her that's never going to be convinced that the way that, that humanity is the better choice because humanity and being an individual is messy. It's chaotic. It's inefficient. It's, yep. it's yep. unpredictable. It's true. It's it, it's unpredictable. Yeah. There's no, there's no true organization. Yeah. There's no, um, what is that word that I'm looking for that I can't come up? There's no order. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's entropy. It's chaos. It's absolute entropy. Mm-hmm. And... This and you get that they're on the bridge. All of a sudden, the sphere comes within range, yeah. and the one first person curious. who hears it is one. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, seven hears it, and then everybody on the bridge is just like, "Oh no, oh no, Tuborg, oh Jesus, Tuborg," and all of a sudden, you see seven immediately again. Get it, Jerry Ryan. She's there. She's about ready. And she turns around. You must resist them. Yeah, you have to. And she snaps him out of it. She does. Because he is initially, he's programmed to be intrigued by this perception. He's like, you know, is the, he asks all the questions. He says like, is, you know, do you want to be, do you want to rejoin the collective? He straight up asks, he gets right, he goes right for the jugular when he asks her. And what does Seven say? She is, man, it's a tense moment because you see the conflict in her eyes. And then she says, Voyager is my collective. And then Jen died. And then I just teared up like a bitch. <laughs> like oh, no. a bitch. Oh, no. Keep like, it together, Zay. Like, Keep oh it together, Zay. <gasps> <gasps> Gotta be, be strong. Gotta be strong. Gotta be strong. You're better than this, Zang. You're better than this, Zang. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but he he's curious. He he wants to know what it's like to be part of Borg. It's You know, it, to extend the metaphor, and this was very intentional on their part, it's like you just told a kid who his real parents are. Yeah, and he's curious about them. And as a, as the adopted parent, you're like you're. There's a part of you that's scared that he's gonna want to be with yeah. his real parents. That's exactly what this is. Well, what and what's even more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Is the only the only plea they can that Seven can present him is you need to protect this ship. Yeah, or else everyone is going to die essentially. Yeah, yeah. and he picks Voyager. Yeah, that's what it is. He he sees. He he make in that moment his yeah. choice is to make Voyager his collective. Which yeah, he he follows in her footsteps. It's so poignant. It's so poignant. My eyes just rolled all the way back <laughs> into my head when I she said had that. A demonic moment. I did. I was crazy. <laughs> but what's what I think was really great about this, right? Um, and yeah, man, we've thought way too much about this episode. I can tell now. We've just gone really, really deep. We're so far down this rabbit hole. Um, I think this was this worked it was easier for him to pick voyager infinitely easier for him to pick voyager than it was for seven to pick voyager because you remember like oh yeah well she was in i mean she wanted so badly she was integrated for a while and then all of a sudden and that's i remember when she was first starting out i had those moments where i'm like bitch just be a part of voyager get with the program stop trying to get back to your board whatever cubes and stuff it's, calm down it's the family she's always known but he the reason why i think it's so much easier for him to pick voyager is they taught him to be a human first yeah they taught him to be a human first they taught him human they focused on making him an individual and they taught him about humanity first so mm-hmm. that by the time they teach him what the borg is he, he it's easier for him to say like as a human it is bad to lose your individuality it is bad to take away from all these uh, people, the thing that makes them special. Yeah. He understands that faster, more instantaneously than Seven could ever because she spent so well, he, much time. And aside from that, he's super opposite. accelerated, right? Yeah. So it's like he was human first. So he's able to contextualize, oh, yeah, this is why Borg is bad. And it's from that point on, he is a super soldier. Oh, my gosh. And then he goes in. He's Bucky Barnes. Tears, tears the Borg up. He, he goes in. He gets it. He gets it. Get it. 
and he just runs in and he goes, you know what? Not today, Borg. Yeah. And just, it's so funny. They're like, hey, man, give us your info. Wait, stop. Stop giving us your info. No, this Wait, is too stop. much. And then, and then he blows the sphere up. And now we're going to just take yeah. a quick moment to let you know this is the end of the episode. If you haven't watched it, then too bad. Spoiler yeah. time. Yeah, they basically, they, they're fighting. They're fighting the Borg. And um, he, he fought fights the board single handedly and he he's, destroys the board. He's, he's making he's making all these adjustments to Voyager just on the fly in real time, um, enhancing Voyager to withstand the Borg attack. And when he can't do it anymore, when there's no more adjustments that can be made to Voyager, he sends himself. He transports himself into the guts of the Borg sphere into the Hellmouth itself. Exactly. To basically um De- like detonate himself as an atom bomb. He goes in there and fucks their shit up. He goes in there and he's just a, he cowboys it. Yeah, he, he does. takes a card out of the Janeway deck and he just goes in. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! Guns blazing, yep. barefoot. He was not barefoot, and he just goes in <laughs> and he sends that. And this all starts with this giant nebula, and he just sends it in the nebula and just explodes the sphere. Yeah, and we think that's the end of him. We're like, oh my god, wait a second. He just. He killed he himself. Just, he he just kamikazed. Died. He kamikazed, and like without, without any emotion, it seemed like he was. He made it. He he was a super soldier. He said he was logic. He's like, this is what I have to do to just to win this for my collective. Yeah, I need to go in and sacrifice myself, and he does, except for the fact that Voyager detects his life signs. He he survives, and they transport him back onto the onto Voyager. So we're thinking. Oh my gosh, we're gonna get a tenth crew member in this Aww. in this group of Voyager, this Mary Motley crew. And he's so cute with his little veiny looking face. <laughs> a little veiny he's face. He's like one of those hairless cats. He's, he's, <laughs> he's <laughs> Oh my god. One, the hairless cat of board. He's so he's so horrific and yet. Now so I cute. wanna get a Sphinx just to call it one. <laughs> you've you've made me now you've convinced me that's the only thing I should do now is get a cat, a Sphinxy and name it one. But it's not to be. No. He knows immediately that because the minute he tapped in to that sphere, the Borg now know he exists and he knows he's a threat. They're never going to stop. They're, he's a threat to Voyager. Yeah. And again, like you said, he needs to protect his family. Oh, my God. He's so mature for being like two years old. He, well, he evolves so yeah. quickly. And it's this it's this subtle arc, right? How do you 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 don't even think that you can have such a solid arc for a Borg yeah. drone yeah. occur. And yet it happens yeah. in, in the course of 45 minutes. 45 minutes. And, and you care so much about the fact that he's about to die. Ugh. And, and your yeah. gut is just in knots at this point. So at this point, the doctor's trying to operate on him and he's already set up force fields around himself. Yeah. And he's he says, I need to die. Yeah. And because why? Because he was never meant to be. Yeah. He was, he was a mistake. An accident. He yeah. was a mistake. And there's nothing that Seven of Nine can say to him at this point to convince him otherwise because she's taught him well. Mm-hmm. She's taught him how to be like, you know, uber humanitarian. You know, despite the fact that, you know, she she didn't have that much humanity to give, she's she's taught him very well. And he's now like, you know, I'm gonna sacrifice myself for you. And this time when she says you're hurting me. Yeah. Very quiet. Yeah. Very emotive. I'm getting teary right now. It was sad. Yeah. It's she, and again, understand that these this is the first time that Seven is really Yeah. It again, it's these she's she's holding a lot of truths to light. Yeah. This is the first time she's calling out her emotions. Yeah. And when she says, You're hurting me, this time he does not comply. No, he doesn't. He does and he not just comply. says, You will learn how to adapt. You will adapt. His final oh, words. Such good writing. Because these these are sayings of the Borg that are flag- devoid of emotion. Flagships for how unemotional they are. Mm-hmm. And in the context of this particular scene, mm-hmm. they are so drenched in so much emotion that you just want to die. You just it, wanna you just wanna die. It's really sad. It's so really sad. sad. And but that's actually really interesting. Yeah. They go to the go-to Borg quotes. Know, Quotes, yeah, the bo- the the Borgisms, if you will, yeah. But you're right; they're usually just get over it. Yeah, that's, that's basically that's what usually it is. what those th- things you mean. You will adapt. Inefficient. Yeah. Resistance is futile. You know, uh, irrelevant. Like just basically, like that's the end of the conversation. Yep. No feelings. Yep. That's the the final conclusion. But in this case, oh god, oh god. <laughs> there, 
Suck it up, Zang. Again. Suck it up, Zang. You're better than Zang. You're better than Zang. You're better. Again. What would Blana do? What would Blana do? She'd go in the holodeck and be, get the crap beaten out of her, yeah, apparently. She would. That's what she does. <laughs> but it's, and, and that's, and that, and then we end it mm-hmm. with the way that we started this episode, which was Seven looking in the mirror, mm-hmm. trying to feel something. Yeah. And then at the end of this episode, we see her looking at herself, feeling everything. Oh, God. And she can't smile. She can't. Because. She can't fake it. She can't will it out of her because it's not. She's actually just suffered one of the most human emotions ever, which is just grief. Loss. And I think what was also poignant is he was named one. But did you call wine water? We're already in a big descent now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but she's now the only one again. She's the only. She's the alone. Only she's, a th- she's alone. One is the loneliest, loneliest number that you'll ever do. I don't even know that. <laughs> I know. I always screw that up too. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's poignant. But I. This episode should have won an Emmy. It was so good. And it was funny that you, you touched upon it when we were setting up. Look, Voyager's not perfect. Not every Star Trek is perfect. There they are a lot can of cheesy be campy. episodes. They are yeah. cheesy. We all know about the lizard baby episode. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna get there eventually. Yeah. But yeah, there there are moments in the sun. There are moments in the dark. But you have moments. You have moments like this. Episodes like this that take the convention of Star Trek and and apply it to so many themes. Yeah. And make it. And it's the simplicity of it. It's the exploration of humanity. In a context that is foreign, mm-hmm. which is space, right? And so, in a way, you're right. It's, I mean, it simplifies. It simplifies it. It distills it down so that you can understand it better because it's outside of your world. You saw the stages of the evolution of a child into a man. Yep. Oh God, so rapidly, and and the just the 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 core elements of being a human. Yeah. That was all he had time to learn. Was like you know just what is. At the very base level, what is humanity? And it's caring about other people. And it was enough. Oh and it was enough. It was enough to save everybody. And it was enough to save everyone. Man, this is heavy. It's great, isn't it? How about it? that scene where, like, Blana was topless and, like, <laughs> I just have to bring okay, it. Okay, no, but true story, Roxanne Dawson in this episode my was God. super hot. Her rack, her back. Her like, back. Oh, my God. Her rack. What were you watching? No, when she was like, she when the doctor first like Oh, by the way, her, who takes off a nightgown like that? The, the sexy. Bellana Torres. That's what. Sexy Klingons. There's no zippers. Yeah, y'all. If you didn't watch this episode and you're listening to us for some reason, you got to watch this just for her stripping and how hot that is. Because it's angry stripping. When she goes to take her her sonic shower, she makes angry, angry, disrobing, so sexy, so on point. And She's so flawless. And in that this. this was her. This was Bolana's role in this, which was entirely crucial. Was to be the person who was like, "Fuck this shit, fine." <laughs> but seriously, fuck this shit. But fine, I'll do it. But fuck this shit. She was hysterical. Can so I good. say the one liners in this was that they were actually pretty on point. The one liners oh, yeah. were pretty on point. I loved the the one with the doc where you know the party poopers of the galaxy, and then clearly you have the what was it? You have the you have your mother's humor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, when um when um seven of nine explains to uh, is describing um Bolana to one like right to her face as if she's not standing there. She's like, this is Bolana. She is temperamental. And then, <laughs> and then one goes temperamental. No, no, Vol- volatile. Yeah, he's like volatile. Uh. Easily aroused. And Bolana just looks at him and blinks and goes, you get a gold star. Yeah, she's <laughs> just sitting there like, yep, this is great. This is great. This is so much fun. So much fun for me right now. And on that volatile note, yes. we've, we've, we, we got into the meat and potatoes of drone. Oh, yeah. Can I? You go- know what? We got into the meat and cheese of drone. Oh, because and the this roasts. Is in the roasts. the roasts. Because <laughs> this Vikings. a Viking face. Face. Mm. yeah it's definitely a sweet wine you guys (laughs) (laughs) it's funny it's so it is so sweet yeah so dark it's so sweet has such a light finish this is dangerous it's like cherry it's like cherry juice it's very unviking like in my opinion it's very 
light on the palate. You have to. I see now why you must pair it with the with, roast, with a hearty roast, and the meat, and a, a and a pungent cheese. Can I tell you though? It, it mentioned spice on the back on the back of the bottle, and I don't taste any spice. No, it's, it's all over, fruit. It's overpowered by the fruit. Because it is the one. It is the one. So yeah, we've, man, I honestly was a little nervous because I didn't think we were going to be able to touch on anything. Oh my God. And we. I feel like we could talk about it for two more hours, but we're not going to do that. We're not going to do it. So, uh, Jen. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what we should do next week, except (gasps) I know it should be a Chakota sword. (laughs) Chakota sword. Chakota sword. To give y'all background. (laughs) Let's, uh, you know, you know what? Our our listeners have been very kind to us in comments on Reddit and on iTunes. So nice. Po- pointing out the fact that we, that you and I are just like inherently so excited about every episode. I love so much. Chakota sodes, even we can't necessarily always find the good in them. <laughs> anyway, so Chakota Sode is coming up next installment. I don't know what kind of one I'm going to find. So it's going to have to have a, perhaps a falcon on <laughs> yeah! or a Puma. What is wrong with you? <laughs> one. One is, one is wrong with me. This wine. What? One is wrong with you. One is wrong with me. One is wrong with me. I can't follow that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, we didn't blow your mind too much. And if we did, you're oh, welcome. We hope. Yeah, we hope we blew your minds the way one blue that okay we're not no we're not we're yes oh we're still waiting on erotic um star trek fan fiction that you guys should send to us so that we can read it out loud (laughs) and by we jennifer has been refreshing oh my god (laughs) obsessively you guys are failing this mission we're gonna have to send another away team for this because insufficient we're we're just gonna transport you back to ship because you are failing no yeah you're not failing me Thank you so much for listening. If you liked anything that you heard this evening, and we know you did because we talked about Vikings and meats and roasts and cheeses. Yeah, who doesn't like meats and roasts and cheeses? Vegans. Oh. (laughs) Please rate and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Make sure you follow us on all our social media. It's Seven of Wine on any social platform you can think of. And if you think of other ones, do let us know at engage at sevenofwine.com. I'm Jacqueline. I'm Jennifer. And you've been listening to Seven of Wine. One singular sensation. Insufficient. (laughs) 